Welcome to Beyond Beauty, the Professional Beauty Association's podcast, where we take a deeper look inside the minds and hearts of the amazing artists in our professional beauty industry. I'm your host from the Professional Beauty Association, Leslie Perry, and as always, so excited about our guest today, and I know that you will be equally excited. Um, Nina Tulio. oh my goodness, we're, I just cannot wait to get into it uh, today with you. Um, we met a few years ago at the International Salon and Spa Expo. It was really the first time we had a chance to meet. And you know, before we, we started recording, I said one of the things that struck me right away and continues to be something I admire most about you is your willingness to really go all in and be open, be honest, be vulnerable, um, and share from your experiences how to be better in this industry. So that I know I want to dig into with you today. But first, for those viewers and listeners who maybe haven't been able to take one of your classes or meet you in person or see you on social, how did you get into beauty? Why beauty? Why this industry? So first of all, thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. I just love you. And I feel like I've known you for so much longer. I know, than longer than just together. a few years, yeah. right? <laughs> it seems like I've known you way longer. And I, I've always known that I wanted to be a hairstylist. So, well, wait, hold on a second. Let me not say always. I'll, I had two choices. I wanted to be a dolphin trainer or I wanted to be a hairstylist. Very and similar. Very similar, yes. <laughs> and so when I found out that I had to go to college for a very long time for marine biology to be a dolphin trainer, I was like, uh, no. And then my mom's like, well, yeah, you're going to have to like share rooms with people and take showers and like communal I'm like, huh? Because <laughs> I already had a little bit of a germ problem then it was starting. So I was like, no, I want to be hairstylist. Like that was really what was, you know, my main focus. And so ninth grade, end of ninth grade, I was the first person to sign up for my vocational school for Votech for cosmetology. And it has never like that, that feeling of passion and that feeling of love for doing hair has never died. Like it's always in me. It's shifted a little bit because it went from being a salon owner and a hairstylist to now working with and mentoring and, and coaching salon owners and hairstylists. But that passion for serving others and that passion for watching other people grow or become excited, because it's almost the same like behind the chair when the reaction when they turn around, but also seeing, you know, fellow salon owners and hairstylists like having these big aha moments when we're working together in a course or a class or what have you. And so the passion has never died. And I just can't imagine ever doing anything else. I feel very, very fortunate to do what I love with people I love. That's awesome. And how did it, how did that transition happen to go from being the salon owner and behind the chair to now helping and coaching and, you know, bringing up, elevating our industry through your coaching? So I, I was very, very fortunate and, and still am very fortunate to have mentors that literally changed the game for me. They changed my future, honestly. And one is still here and, and, and living and we're still obviously um, friends and she's still my mentor. I will always consider Robin my mentor. One has since passed. And so, but I spent a good nine years with them and they really kind of shaped 
a, a lot of my future in this business. And one of the things that Ray and I used to talk about a lot was, you know, he always used to say, Neen, you know, your, your strength is not in doing hair. Your strength is actually leading and guiding people. And the longer you stay behind the chair, the, the more you're going to miss the mark on really, really impacting others. And I, I knew that purpose within me. I just had to make the transition. And it was not easy because I was a, a commission salon owner for 11 years and a hairstylist for 20. And like leaving my team and leaving my clients and leaving everything that I knew right. for so long and walking away and selling my salon um, and I sold my salon for, for many reasons. One of them, I was just so damn tired. You know, I worked so much. I was just so exhausted. Um, and I also promised myself that if I couldn't give my team 150% of me, that I would walk away. And my salon was very profitable at the time. So that's the peak time to sell your business. And my husband was looking for jobs outside of Pennsylvania, where, where we're originally from. So there was a lot of moving parts, but... Uh, it was a two-year process. It was a two-year process to exit an exit strategy and to sell my business and to get my team comfortable and 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 make sure that they were going to be taken care of. And it was it was very very bittersweet, I, I have to say. And I went through a really big, uh, almost like a, a loss when yeah. when I sold my salon. I I feel like I lost my team in a sense, and I'm still. They're still my team, even all of this time later, you know, I still have contact with them and would do anything for them. Um, but I also lost myself. I lost my identity and I had to build that back up again. So it was very, very bittersweet and it was a process, but I haven't looked back. I really haven't looked back on that. You know, I, I just keep it moving, you know, like forward movement only. <laughs> that a little bit. Like, I think a lot of people go through that at multiple times in life. I know I've gone through it too myself where like that identity moving across the country where all of a sudden mm -hmm. Leslie Perry didn't mean anything anymore to people because they didn't know who I was or what I had done or had achieved previously. Or um, I've seen it with my sister when she became a mom and all of a sudden you're like someone's mom and you're not yourself and you've lost your identity. Talk about that and like what helped you get through that? Because I think, especially as women, a lot of us go through that at, at multiple times. Sure. I think we rely so heavily on being validated by our job and our work and, you know, what we provide, you know, whatever that looks like for you. And so for me, it was my salon and my team and that was my why, my every day, why I literally woke up and got out of bed every day. And I didn't really have, I don't want to say I didn't have a life outside of my salon because I did, you know, have an awesome family and a really, really great core group of friends that I've been friends with for over 25 years now at this point. And, um, I, I did, but I said yes to my business way more than I said yes to myself. And I, I feel like I am a move, I move forward and I, I keep my eyes ahead of me. But if there was one thing that I could change as an owner, it would be saying yes to me more, you know, and saying no to the things that didn't serve me. And so when, when you rely heavily on validation from your work and what you provide, and then you strip that away, you're like, you, you're almost going through like a grieving process. Mm -hmm. And 
that's what I had to do. I grieved for a little bit and I only give myself a certain amount of time. I feel like we have to live in our feelings. We have to do all the things, but I'm not going to live in that space for long because I got to keep moving, you know? Um, and I really started to work on myself and I've always been on this like self-healing journey and I've been in therapy since I'm, you know, for 22 years now. And that got really deep when I sold my salon because I lost myself. Yeah. And so I think it is creating balance, whatever that looks like for you, because balance for me is going to be different for you, but making sure that you're not only feeding your business, you're not only feeding your, your career and your job, but you're also continuing to feed yourself and do the things that you enjoy, whether it's yoga or dancing or, you know, listening to music or podcasts or things that fill you in a way that if your job or your career was stripped away, that you would still have a sense of self. And so I went through a lot of that. And it was years of that. And, um, it was, it kind of was shitty at the time, you know, like going through all of that, but it shaped me into who I was. I would not change it for one single second. That's why I feel like I'm able to show up the way that I do, you know, and be so vulnerable. Well, and I think that's part of your coaching. If people do follow you, you know, it isn't just, I mean, I think if you definitely in the space of business and finance, especially for salon owners and for our business of ones, our independent stylists mm -hmm. out there. Um, and if you could share where, where that focus for you came from, because you said you sold the salon when it was successful, but mm -hmm. I know part of the story and that was not always the case. So it's almost like, don't do the things I did. Let me help you not do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just a bigger part of my purpose. You know, I, through my journey of healing, I, I've realized that my purpose is way bigger in, in not only healing myself, it's to really help heal other people. I just get to do it in the most amazing industry, which is the beauty industry. And so, yes, my business. So the first five years of my business was a total disaster. And I almost closed my business twice. I was $90,000 in debt. I sold my home to keep my business. It was my choice. I had a responsibility to my team. I owed it to them. And you know what's crazy? I still get emotional talking about this sometimes because um, I'm still healing. I'm still like a work in progress, but it's almost like, uh, it keeps me grounded. Like it keeps me very humble knowing that I went through that. I made it through that, but I always also feel like it could be gone tomorrow. You know, it keeps me very, very grounded. And I think with those first five years in business taught me so much and definitely the hardest years of my life being in debt and then having to sell my home and having to tell my team, you know, because I was very transparent with them because the creditors were actually calling my salon to threaten to take my furniture. Like it was bad and it was my fault. I couldn't blame anybody but me. And so I thought to myself, if I got myself into this, I'm going to get myself out of it. And that's where the resilience comes in. Like we have to really dig deep for that. And I thought I started this. I have a responsibility, not only to myself, but the other team members that trusted me to work here. And so I just, I self-assessed. I took a look at me, a hard look, which was not easy. Mm -hmm. And 
I started to uh, give myself a little bit of grace for the mistakes that I made, but I really hit the ground running when it came to my brand and my marketing and my branding. And I was networking every week. We were out and about. My team was on top of it. And in one year, I mean, my business transformed. And it was because I had to take accountability for myself. And then year over year, after the five years of mess, my business grew 20 to 30% year over year until I sold it about five years later. And so there is light at the end of the tunnel. I think that's why I'm so passionate because I have been on the bottom, not more, not once, not twice, but three times, both, both per personally and professionally. And I thought to myself, if I could just share my mistakes and what I made, you know, what I have done that didn't hit right. If I can share that and help one person not have to go through all of that pain and struggle, then I'm here for it. That's really where the, the purpose and passion comes from, because I don't want anyone to have to feel that way. It was very dark and lonely for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think now too, and I, I don't always blame social media because there's so many positive things with it, but we see all of the highlights and then think that, mm -hmm. oh, well, that they're so successful. Why am I not that successful? Or the whole comparison thing sure. happening all the time, but really we don't see we didn't see what Nina went through 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago to get to where it is today. And how do you, how do you blend that in with what you're, when you're coaching and helping us all understand, okay, what you see on social isn't always just everyone's reality. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, and I, I show up on social media, like I, it is going to be the truth, you know? <laughs> um, and I think that's, that's part of, the connection that's part of and, and in terms of thinking of it as building a business you want to build a business you got to make connections and when i was down and out and i said that i was networking that's what i was doing that's what grew my business was making connections and make that connection with your team make that connection with other people and you know with with instagram and showing up it's like no i'm i'm gonna share all of the things because i know that there are so many more stylists that have my story, so many more owners that have my story, and I don't want them to feel like they're alone. So you'll get the good, bad, and the ugly, you know, on Instagram. And I am fun and I like to dance right. and I like to do all of those <laughs> things. But then you switch the page and we're going to be talking about anxiety and how I pull over on the side of the road and I can't drive on the highway. And, you know, there are a lot of things that I internally struggle with. So I think transparency and being authentic is really one of the keys to success in any business, not just in the beauty business. And what do you think, do you think there's anything missing in beauty today? Like if you could wave a magic wand, is there something that you would change or make different or? I know, I, I thought about this question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, which way do I wanna go? I think because we've come such a long way, you know, I've been in this business 26 years, so I've seen a lot of things change and, and for the good. But the one thing that I feel like that gets better and then it's like we take two steps forward and then, you know, three steps back is uh, the, the judgment and ego that comes along with this industry sometimes. And I'm going to lean more toward that and more of the personal growth and, and development because there are there um, structural things that we could change? Sure. But this is kind of how I'm feeling right now. So I think we'll just roll it. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where 
there is not only one way to run a business. There is not only one way to price services. There is not only one way for you to show up for your team and lead them. And I think one of the consistent things that I've seen over the past 26 years, although has gotten better, is the judgment from other people and, and, and their ego leading them because their ego is, is loud, right? I always say confidence is silent. Ego is loud. And I Ooh, feel, there's right? always a phrase that I take away from these interviews. And that's, that's the one for me today. <laughs> I like that. Confidence is yes. silent and ego is loud. It's loud. And I feel like sometimes people allow their ego to get in the way. And so they start judging other people, or they just feel insecure about the way that they're doing things in their business. And they project that onto other people. And there's a lot of shaming that happens and it, it goes in waves. You know, sometimes it's quiet and then all of a sudden a trend will pop off on TikTok or something. And then here we are again, the shaming of pricing and the shaming of whether you want to do hourly pricing or a la carte or package, like it just it's all led by ego and judgment. And I just don't operate from that space. And so one of my missions is really to be even in that. And I talk a lot about a lot of different things when it comes to pricing and structure and you know your business model and all of those things. But I will never say, this is the way you have to do it. This is the only way that works. Because honestly, I feel like my role is to empower you and give you the tools that you need to make your own decisions that are best for your business. I can't tell you that I can guide you. Um, so that's where I think we're on like a little roller coaster with this. We've been on it for years yeah. and it gets better. But then I see stuff and I'm like, come on, like we could do so much better. And I think truly supporting each other and leaning on each other and creating that sense of true community is what what we need. Mm. Yeah, I love, yeah, that idea. True community and support mm. each other. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So something totally not related. One of the fun things I do like to ask too is your favorite decade for style. Oh if my you, gosh. You know, like where do you fit? Where do you, you know, like what, where is your, if you could go, if it's back, maybe it's future, but Favorite decades of stuff. Oh my gosh. I think, hmm, I would have to say I love the 60s. And here's why. Because so there's this image that I have that pops up when I think about this in my mom and her engagement picture with the headband and the high, like beehive, and you know, the slick sides with the winged eyeliner and the nude lip and those, um, those, those dresses, I, I think they were called like, were they like bell dresses? I'm trying to think of what they were called, like the little disco dresses and the mm -hmm. boots with the chunky heel. And I feel like some of that's, you know, come around yes. <laughs> um, and not necessarily like disco era. Cause not into the disco thing, but mm -hmm. more so that like that maybe 60s, 70s flip hair, headbands, real thick eyeliner over the top. Like I just love that in that nude or pink, very, very matted lip. I just live for that kind of vibe. And then I remember when it kind of, some of the stuff did cycle back. There was a photo that I took with my brothers and I had the headband on and I had the beehive and the whole thing. And my mom said, you look like me in my engagement <laughs> picture in the sixties. And I was like, oh my God, I really, really do. But 
there was a timeless feeling to that, which I, mm -hmm. I really, truly love. And so that's probably where I would go back to. I like it. I like the big hair. I mean, I've got a little yeah. headband today. I just need some, you know, some, <laughs> some good back combing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> that was it. Right. My mom was like the best back homer ever. She had a lot of clients that came in for their weekly styles and they always told it like she was like the best well, teasing. They, they yes, yep. teasing back. yes, 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 yes. So, oh my God. I love that. So what advice do you give to, to younger Nina? You said, I know you don't look backwards and you don't want to live in the rear view, but if you could give some advice to younger Nina. Trust yourself. And that's something that I still kind of work on today. You know, I, like I said, I'm still a work in progress. I'm still showing up at therapy every two weeks, you know? <laughs> um, and I think it is trust your gut because there were a lot of things that I felt and I didn't listen to. Mm -hmm. And I think it could have saved me a lot of heartache and pain. And again, I'm fine with where I am because obviously it led me here today talking to you. But um, I think a lot of times, especially when we're new to the business, we question ourselves a lot and we rely on outsiders for validation. And I think we need to start looking within first. Mm -hmm. And so that's because now I'm older and I can say that, you know, I would say, trust yourself because you're on, you're onto it. You're onto something. You're smart and, and believe in that. And so that's, that's what I would say to my, my little girl, Nina, who's running around and, you know, saying, Hey, what should I do? That's what I would say. <laughs> and do you have any, like, what's your next big adventure? What can you share with us that you're working on that's, you know, coming up? or that you can share, or maybe you want to share. <laughs> want to put the goal out there then. <laughs> what can I share? So I just, I love what I'm doing and I love, you know, have, so my make that money course is happening right now for my sweet owners renters. And I just love it so much because their energy is just so lit and they just come in and they're just ready to take on, you know, the challenge of the five weeks. Um, and I would say what I'm working on, I'm actually working on a project with Ryan Whedon and it's going to be happening toward the end of the year. So that's Ooh. something that I am beyond excited about. And him and I just, we just click, like we've had him on our podcast a couple times and he's just so down to earth and just such a nice guy. And funny and we do share a lot of the same things and we brought him on the podcast and he shared his journey with anxiety. Uh, and so, yeah, that's something that I'm really, really looking forward to, not only to help and impact other people, but to learn from him as well too. You know, I'm, I'm always in learning mode. And so that's something that I'm really excited about. Oh, that's exciting. I like it when we get these little previews, but we don't know what it is. So we have to stay tuned. Yeah. Before the end of the year. Yes. So final thoughts. Is there anything else that, you know, that we haven't covered that we just really need to cover? I think that, you know, 
working on self is just as important as working on your technique and working on business. Uh, I feel because there's so much output, you're giving so much to your clients daily. It's very important to make sure that you're protecting your energy and that you feel good about that and not guilty um, with your time and setting boundaries, which is something that I really didn't have as an owner and as a hairstylist. And so I think it's, it's really spending time learning about yourself and, and really leaning into what brings you joy. I think joy is one of the things that for me personally, that I was having a hard time kind of like accepting and receiving. And I find that a lot of people in the industry have a hard time, like just experiencing that because mm -hmm. It's go, it's do, it's pamper, it's take care of, it's, you know, right. make sure that Judy's okay. And we got Karen coming in and we got, you know, we got to do all the things for everyone else. So it's okay to put yourself first and it isn't selfish. It really is self-work. And I think that everyone really deserves that. So I think spend more, spend more time with yourself and getting to know yourself first. I love that. Such, such great advice and a reminder to all of us, especially this industry, because we do spend an inordinate amount of time spending time making sure everyone else is pampered and feels good, and then you're depleted for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for giving us some time getting uh, to get a little bit more into you, your background, your coaching, and we're just so glad that you are uh, you know part of PBA and continue to help our members and doing all that you do to elevate the industry. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love yes. this chat. I could just talk with you all day long. And you guys, I just love you and all of your people. So thank, thank you. you so much for having same, me as same. well. Can't wait to see you again soon. Yes. Take care. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.